behind the scenes, the way Brock and I operate, I annoy the mess out of him by correcting his grammar and language all the time, spelling, stuff like that. And one of the things that, as y'all were talking, I was thinking, there's... there's Hold on, Chris. Someone just said correcting language and grammar and use the word y'all. Yes. Mm -mm. That that is not uh, accurate. Y'all is not a word anywhere. It's the contraction. I, t- I tell you what, why don't you take out your phone and type in Y-A-L-L and it will uh, autocorrect to Y apostrophe A-L-L. So if Apple thinks it's a word, then it's got to be a word, right? Okay. I'll, I, I'll let it stand, although I'll just... So wait, my, like my ego is going to be over here thinking about my grammar and my uh, my speech now. No, it's cool. Twenty episodes in, it's what we need the universe to be thinking about. What I was, my point I was getting to was the 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 voices. You have indicative voice and imperative voice. An imperative voice is a command. It's you do this, you run, you pick this up. The indicative is is uh, uh, more thought. It, it's um, we talked about this. We did that. But the imperative is a, the voice of the will, you know, and we're talking about ego and drillers have you're talking about when you use force. It's will. It's it's I willed this to happen. I created this whole what they don't. And and it's very uh, seductive to think I did this all of my own will. But in, in reality, it happened and it worked because real things occur, real processes uh, bore fruit. So you've got to get guys to, or, or guys or gals who think that they created this whole by the sheer force of will to recognize, no, I, it took will to accomplish this, but the reason it happened is because of these specific things. And that's where knowledge comes from. And that's the knowledge that they can give to other people. So wait, circling back on my ego, <laughs> how did this have to do with me uh, not knowing how to spell uh, unnecessary. unnecessary? Oh man, golly. Uh, so <laughs> wrap this up for me here, Chris. No, I, I was just doing my way. Hey, I was working my way to grammar and I wanted to take a shot at you while I did it. So that's the, that's hey, how I Chris, got explaining this to Brock is unnecessary. <laughs> right. <yeah>. So <laughs> I, I like what Chris said about Will, and uh, I'm going to set him up appropriately, not attacking the fact that uh, I had a learning disability while I was a child. Maybe I hit my head, you know, those type of things. Um, that's that's inappropriate. Uh, inappropriate? What's, uh, um, we can will a hole in the ground. Yes. We can get two out of the three right like we talk about, we get into development. It's called well development. Um, Chris has been on two jobs with me. Chris has been on multiple jobs that 
the drilling project was fine. And then the development phase floundered. Right. And so it's a perfect situation of, oh yeah, I can hammer this in. I can get the casing in. I can do all of this without embracing the science. And now I've cemented off this porosity zone and we have to bring it back to life. And Chris, what did you learn about my development approach since you hurt my ego, I need you to fix my (laughs) ego. But no, seriously, you talked about the will, but what did you learn just in the last year that development could be versus what it had been for 75 years? Right. Well, it it requires imagination. It requires the ability to think in a 3D space that you can't see. And that requires, that's a huge uh, task for the mind to accomplish. And you have to experiment. You, that's one of the things, okay, it's not, what we're doing is not working. We're going to find a different way to approach this. We're going to attack it a different way. We can't just say, well, this is how we've developed in the past. We do these two things or these three things, and then that's development and what you got is what you got. No, it's there. We know it's there. We can unlock it. We have to, we got to think our way out of the problem. You, you have to physically do things. You can't just stand there and, you know, you know, put two fingers on your temple and cause water to come out of the ground. You have to do things, but you have, you to, may not be, right? Right. <laughs> but you have to, you have to think your way. You have to critical thinking, problem solving your way out of it. And there is, there is a resistance to some people to try new methods, but that was the great thing about you is I would call you and say, Hey, can we do this? And you're like, yeah, do it or do this. That's a good idea. You're not going far enough. You need to do this. We can we use the compressor this way? Yeah. Get a bigger compressor. You know, that was the thing. You got toys at your disposal. Let's let's use them. Let's blow that water sky high. And as as we put that development plan together, how many old dogs thought it would work? No, oh, yeah. Uh none. What happened when you uh, when you hit that? What what did the site supervisor do? Um, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't too thrilled, <laughs> but not much more, you know, it's a chaotic process. You can't always control it. And some people want controlled, uh, disposable things. We're, we're trying to get water out of the ground, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's going to go everywhere. It's going to block. If, if it goes a hundred feet in the air, it's going to go 300 feet wide and it's your, your clay is just going to be running around some you're, There's nothing I can do except we got to get water out of the ground. This is how it's going to have to happen. I love that. Oh, that was the best. Chris calls me and says, uh, the site supervisor says we're going to wash the road out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, it does. It takes, it takes everybody working together and understanding that we're going to be in different places at different times and that sometimes people are going to be upset and sometimes people aren't. And um, as long as the, the new guy, new girl gets corrected, right? Dave, I've seen you on job sites when things don't go right. uh, They can't find it in the, in the bus 
and you have to go get it from the bus or something. But at lunch, as we uh, brush our boots off and we're about to go in, you got everybody at the door and you go, okay, so that didn't go the way we wanted it to. Um, We're going to have lunch. We're going to go back out and we're going to do it this way. And in that moment, you change the tempo of the, of the second half of the day from Dave's pissed at us for, for not being able to do what we've been able to do in the past or knowing where this tool was or whatnot back to, all right, we just hit the reset button. And uh, for you guys that when you get to meet Dave or you met Dave at the NGWA, um, his father was a drill sergeant and he's a dominating man. So, you know, when, when Dave needs to channel his inner, his inner drill sergeant, he gets attention. (laughs) Well, I, you know what, there's always should be an after action report, but you always have to, when one phase good or bad is over reset. And that's on any job. And I used to, I used to tell, uh, you know, the office and my assistants or whatever else I had when I was in the field, when things got to a certain point that they were going south, you make a decision. Okay, at this point, we're at a spot that we could stop, fall back, and critically think about it. Or I would never say that. We go thought, fall back and, you know, rest on it or think on it or whatever you got to do. Um, or go to lunch, reset, because you got to come back with a different attitude. Because if you keep beating yourself to death, nothing good's going to happen. And everybody out there, think about the hardest you've worked on a drill job. I guarantee it was the day you got nothing done. And sometimes that little change, step back, think about it. What can we do different? Maybe I have to take overnight because we're going to bring something or I just need to think how we're going to approach it the next day. And I'm that guy. And I think everybody out there probably has been that guy where, you know, I'm laying awake at night running through scenarios in my head of how am I going to overcome whatever has beaten me the day before or that I'm afraid might beat me that I've got to prepare for to say, I'm worried about this project because we have information that we have a huge uh, loss of production zone or loss of uh, circulation zone, or we have big voids we're going to have to go through, or it's the uh, formation that doesn't like to stay stable, you know, uh, whatever it might be. And you're laying there thinking, do I have everything, whatever. That served me well, usually, where if I took that time to critically think about it, try to come up with a plan, and then have everything for contingency with us, we used to get, usually, we would get through it. Um, But I, I, I really think it's important for your crew, especially if you're someone like me. Um, if you, you don't watch the podcast, you can probably hear it. I'm a redhead. I do get angry relatively quickly and relatively easily. But what I don't do is hang on to it. 
I stay, I'm angry. And when I'm angry, I might be a little, I, hell, when I speak, I'm loud. So when I yell, I get real loud. Uh, but I don't hang on to it. Let it go. Serve back. And this is where, Brock, earlier you said, hey, you know what? Call and say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, this or that. You have to be able to do that real time on the job. Hey, you know what? I was upset. This is what was going on. But here's, I think, is our path forward. If you can do that, it'll help keep guys to respect you. Because uh, sometimes you are wrong, right? In the way you act while you're in that condition, you'll be you'll be wrong just how it is. And it can help things forward. And I think it it has served me well in the long run to to learn to do this. Not something I did early in my career. I did not do that well. And you know, believe it or not, this is calm Dave that you know. You know, 23-year-old Dave was much more volatile than 54-year-old Dave is. Right. And I think that's a common thing for everybody, right? But it doesn't mean that you can't step back when you do have those moments of ego where you lose control or the the things that come on guys you know this we've taught this what are you doing uh you have to realize that you know what there's a reason that you're doing training right uh i know you do training all over brock uh many times with experienced guys you you're going to see things that you think are commonplace aren't common, right? They're not something that everybody knows the way that, the way that you know. And that's the dangerous thing. Uh, Chris, when you talked about, well, that driller, he, he knows because he have, has experience. What experience doing what? Right. Did he learn the right things or did he learn the wrong things? And that's something that the, the company has to keep an eye on to say, okay, are the guys coming up through our system, were they taught by somebody that was competent, that was looking at the right things and teaching the right things? And if not, you know, then we, we've got retraining that's got to happen. It's, it's funny because as you said, we'll, we'll break for lunch and uh, we'll reset. We have that reset and we come back. I had uh, this like shiver hit me of several of you out there going with your driller ego, you get lunch, you stop. Um, here's the deal, guys. And this is something that I didn't get in my 20s, but I absolutely got in my 30s. And it's more important when things are going wrong and it's not working. Pausing for 15 minutes right then you know, coming up off bottom or whatever, if it's a catastrophic situation and you're going to be more stuck or something, obviously you have to keep fighting it. But if something's not working and you stop and you take 15 minutes to have the discussion with the team, calm attitudes, grab a bottle of water, maybe it's not stopping for lunch, but you know what's even smarter than that whole reset and changing the tempo of your team is when you do it at that point, 
you still have three or four hours of the day to call Rob Bruce and get a piece of equipment, a tool set your way, call the shop and see if we have that. When you wait till five o'clock and then you fought it all day, we've lost the next six or eight hours of the following day because we couldn't get that on a supply truck. We couldn't come up with the next option. So in the plan of circling back up and drinking some water and deciding what we'll do next is the time to hit pause and reset. It's not waiting till the end of the day. And we so often because of our egos go, we're not going to stop. We don't stop at noon and uh, grab a sandwich and try to figure this out. But you know what? If things are horribly wrong and people are covered in mud and you can say, Tyler, jump in my pickup. Tyler, take off your overalls first. Jump in my pickup. Go get Burger King for everybody. I'm going to get on the phone and see when we can get a new sub saver. And we'll go from there. Is a million dollars smarter than waiting till 530 and realizing that, you know, they're already closed. That means I have to wait till 7.30 the next morning to get a hold of somebody. And then they're going to say, we can't get it from them. And then we're, we're two and a half days down. And so that's, that's the other half of our ego getting to us is we need to reset the tempo, but it's also, it's being proactive immediately to fix the situation. And I know this frustrates you, Chris, because I've had you project managing and supervising some jobs like this. Yeah. Well, there's a reason things aren't working. And and if you're a a driller on a rig, you want to get this done. We go back to the will. It's not a lack of will that's a problem. There's There's some type of issue that you're not thinking about that's creating this problem that, that is not allowing you to pro- progress. If you take them, you take a moment, take a, you know, you know, some guys take a smoke break, some guys hit the porta potty, whatever it is to, to regroup and rethink. And that's the, often the time that gives you the keys to move forward on a project. Well, I, I think I have a great analogy for something like this, right? You got your old pickup truck and it won't run. And you think, yeah, you know the what? The carburetor needs to be rebuilt. You rebuild the carburetor and you get the floats and then you've checked it out. All the carburetors, right? And it still won't run. You don't rebuild the carburetor again right away. <laughs> you step back and figure out what's going on. And I think that's what we're really asking for is to approach it the same way we would something like that. Uh, and and for the record, uh, anyone listening to this that worked for me will tell you they didn't get lunch very often. All right. So, yeah, it wasn't like they got lunch uh, on a daily basis. I have a famous story for uh, a gentleman that was a, a mechanic for us and then worked on occasion as a driller's assistant that was out working with me. And he said something about getting something to eat. And I says, yeah, okay. And we were doing a geotech jo- job with a bunch of shallow holes. And I'm like, all right, after this next hole, go ahead and, and we'll get, you know, get something to eat. So 
I stopped. We finished that that hole. Got done. We moved forward. I ate my sandwich in, in the that I brought with me in a truck. Put tower back up. Started drilling. He comes back. He's like, I thought we were going to lunch. I said, We did. We did. You didn't eat your sandwich? No. Ah, I guess you missed it. <laughs> he actually wound up being my brother-in-law, so it wasn't that bad. He didn't swear off me 100%. I think this has been a good discussion about, you know, entering the industry, ego planning, um, the fact that I don't know how to spell uh, unnecessary. That, you know why? It's unnecessary spelling. <laughs>